good morning, good afternoon, whatever time of day it is that you are listening. Thank you very, very much for listening. Now, I got to get something out of the way. I got to explain myself a little bit. Some of you guys are going to be listening to this Apple Podcast, Spotify, wherever, wherever it is that you listen to this. Some of you guys are going to be watching this on YouTube. Now, uh, having the Motown Noah report was a really fun idea, but at the end of the day, it makes more sense for me to just record me uh, recording these episodes, and then if you would like to just listen, you can do that. If you'd like to watch on YouTube, uh, you are more than welcome to do that as well. If you'd like to do both, you're insane, but do whatever it is that you would like to do. Uh, sometimes I understand it's more convenient for people to just listen, but um, adding in like an extra element to the videos, I think may be more entertaining. I don't know. If, if you want to watch, you can watch. That's what these are for. So... Today I want to talk about, hopefully that explains things, hopefully that clears things up on what the plan is moving forward. Today I want to talk about who is closer to winning an MVP between Jason Tatum and Brandon Ingram, right? Let me preface this with, I have no idea what the answer to this question is. I'll kind of provide a case for both of them, maybe we kind of come to an agreement, maybe you guys inform me, maybe something I missed, and maybe you guys can tell me why I'm right or wrong. Before we do that, I kind of want to talk about something that we will tie back into the Ingram and Tatum stuff when we eventually get to it. Um, but I want to expand on a comment that I made the other day that I feel like I probably should have done at the time, but I didn't have the time to do it. Um, I said verbatim, I believe it was, I don't like that the MVP award has been relegated into something that I don't quite think that it is. What I meant by that, and this is like a, I don't want to say a consensus sentiment, but a lot of people believe it, that the MVP award has turned into like, who's the better story, right? What's the more attractive story to the media in contrast to who was the best player this year, right? right? Who had the most impactful season, which is probably what it should be. And it doesn't always feel like it's that. The example I'm going to be using here is in 2017, Russell Westbrook wins the MVP. And he is, he uh, historically, uh, and, and uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Notably, whatever it is, synonyms, he averages a triple-double, right? First time since, what, 63 when Oscar Robertson did it. It's first time that anyone has averaged a triple-double. People thought that in the modern NBA that that was going to be impossible. But as soon as Kevin Durant left, everyone was kind of like, Russell Westbrook is going to average a triple-double, isn't he? And he did. He actually did it. The backlash that the voters would face, but not even just them, the NBA as an organization, as an organization would face for not rewarding Russell Westbrook for that absolutely outlandish achievement would be borderline cataclysmic, right? And whether or not you agree that he deserved to win that year, which he did, wheeling the Thunder to the playoffs, averaging a triple-double, of course he deserves to win, right? It's a great story. It's a tremendous story. James Harden finishes second. LeBron finishes, what, third with one first-place vote and 11 fifth-place votes. And it's, again, LeBron James is like the pinnacle of he should probably have more than four MVPs. It's just true. I said this the other day too. LeBron should probably be winning it every single year. For a guy who's in year 17 and has been the best player in the league for a decade and hasn't won an MVP in, what, eight years, seven years? It's absolutely absurd. The following year, James Harden wins MVP. And people were originally pissed off that he didn't beat Russell Westbrook in what would eventually become a reoccurring theme in James Harden's career. No, he shouldn't have beat Giannis last year. And no, he obviously shouldn't even be in the conversation this year. Which he's not. James Harden doesn't win. People are pissed off about it. And as moderator James correctly pointed out on Twitter, uh, the NBA, it feels like, sometimes try to tries to overcorrect for their past mistakes, specifically with awards season. James Harden wins his award uh, averaging, what was he averaging? 35 and 8. LeBron, that same year, 27, 8, and 9. LeBron finishes second. 
Now, I will remind you, that was the same year that the Cavs roll out opening night, Isaiah Thomas, Dwayne Wade, Derek Rose. Like, it's that it's that team. It's the team that would eventually be blown up. Half the team would get shipped off by the, at the deadline. And people were arguing that it was one of LeBron's worst teams since 2007, and he willed them to the playoffs. It was like the best iteration of LeBron that we had ever seen, ever, the entire year. He did what he did to the Pacers. He did what he did to the Raptors. He did what he did to the Celtics. And Jason Tatum's rookie year, coming all uh, full circle there. And nobody knew. I'm sorry, everybody knew that he he wasn't going to win in the finals. Everybody knew it. But it was the fact that he got there. It was the fact that he did what he did. Again, for like the eighth consecutive year, getting to the finals. LeBron James deserved to win that year. But the pinnacle of James Harden's uh, Maury Ball performances getting to the line, taking all these three-pointers, drawing all these, like, getting to the rim as much as he did. It was transcendent and revolutionary for the league. Of course, James Harden was going to win. And that's, like, that's that's just how it is. LeBron won 50 games with, like, a really bad roster, and it just didn't matter. So the reason that I say all that is because when you look at a potential in five years uh, between Jason Tatum and Brandon Ingram, who has a better chance at winning MVP? I think it gets really interesting. And I'm not even talking about from a numbers perspective, which I guess we should do that first. If you look at their shot attempts, Brandon Ingram and Jason Tatum, like they are so similar. Their shot charts, so similar. The one thing especially that they have in common, in particular recently, they are matchup nightmares. And I think it's super on brand for me to even be talking about them in the same sentence. Because as somebody who's as obsessed with like players taking a leap as I am like it, the last episode was literally about did has Zion taken a leap? I was has Christian Wood taken a leap? Dear Fox, where's he at? It makes sense that I'm talking about two guys that <clears throat> excuse me. Jason Tatum mid January turns into a player that we've never seen before. In fact, he was so he he just he flipped a switch so substantial that it was in like 4 years, 5 years we'll be able to look back and be like, yeah, mid January of his third season like that was when Jason Tatum became who he was and then the next month averaged 30 a game in the month of February and was like only the fifth Celtic to ever do that ever and Brandon Ingram who I've been on record like all year is the most deserving all-star this year and will probably be third team all NBA Brandon Ingram turned the Pelicans in the absence of Zion I don't want to say into must-see TV because that's not for everybody for me they were because of how substantial Brandon Ingram was able to get to the rim whenever he wants, literally able to do whatever he wants. And I wasn't that big on him coming out of coming out of college. I was not a big Brandon Ingram guy. Finished the year really strong for the Lakers last year, and then he took a, a, a summer leap that it was like, oh my gosh, Brandon Ingram, insane. Jason Tatum just took a little bit longer. But the, the, he, Jason Tatum's also in his third year. Ingram's in his fourth. The reason that I think this is so interesting, and I forgot I should probably actually, I said I was going to go into statistics. Why don't I do that really quickly? If you look at their shot attempts, this is what I was going to say, and then I got sidetracked. If you look at, at the shots at the rim, you know, 5 to 10 feet, 10 to 16, 16 from 3, and then just 3-point range, they're all within like 30 to 40 shots of each other. Like their volume is almost the exact same, and it's bizarre. Maybe 30, maybe 30 to 40 shots like isn't as close as I'm making it seem in my head, but that seems close enough. It's also worth noting, and this literally contributes nothing to the argument, Brandon Ingram... Uh, on three-pointers, like his makes are assisted 90% of the time, which is just a bizarre statistic. Maybe that's, again, maybe that's just me. This season alone, Brandon Ingram 
averaging 24, 6, and 4 on 47% and 39% from three, also 86% from the line. This year, Jason Tatum, 23, 7, and 3 on 45%, 39% from three, and 81% from the line. So, like, you even look at their percentages. You look at their splits. You look at their, like, just their, their totals. They're, like, basically the same. So that's why I think in five years, like, who exactly is closer? Now, let me tie this back to the original point and even what we're dealing with this season. Who would become the better story? It would probably be Brandon Ingram, right? Because he's in New Orleans. If you want to tie it into this season directly, the reason that LeBron, is his, his MVP case is gaining so much momentum, it's really easy for ESPN and these national outlets to advocate for a guy who's playing in Los Angeles to win MVP. And I, again, I know it's LeBron, and I know this kind of goes against what I was saying earlier, where it's like, shouldn't LeBron be winning more MVPs? Yeah, he should. Should he be winning it this year at this point? No, probably not, because we've turned the MVP into something that it's not. And if we're all of a sudden going to change now, I think that's disingenuous, whatever. It's really easy to build up LeBron's case because he's in the biggest market in the world. It's not easy to do that for Giannis, despite him being the best player in the league today, right now. He's having the best season. It's not easy to do that when he's in the market that he's in. It's easy for if in five years, and it comes down to Jason Tatum and Brandon Ingram, Boston is a lot more attractive than New Orleans, and that's just true. So you look at it that way, okay, easier for uh, Tatum's, case to get ramped up elevated because he's playing for historically one of the best franchises not just in basketball but in the four major sports in america i think one thing that would actually genuinely legitimately hurt ingram's chances is the fact that he plays next to zion and for the first you know 50 games of the year when zion's not there it's the brandon ingram show and now that zion's back yeah brandon ingram's been great but all the attention is on zion for obvious reasons. So I actually think that that may hurt him. It may diminish his chances because some people are going to be like, oh, he's playing second fiddle. But if the if the Pels win 50 games and the Celtics win 50 games and they are having as you know as identical seasons as they are this year, the Tulsa are going to have to go a little bit up if they're going to want to be in the MVP case. I honestly don't know who you give it to. Do you give it to Brandon Ingram because he's playing in New Orleans? Do you give it to Jason Tatum because he's playing for historically one of the best franchises in basketball? I genuinely have no idea. And obviously this is, you know, assuming that it was just those two. We're throwing Luca in there. Honestly, it would probably be Luca because he's better than both of them. But do you guys get what I'm saying? I'm, I'm hoping that this is actually making some sense. And uh, the thing, I honestly, I, you know, I know this is bad radio, just kind of like fumbling over my words and not really know, not really being able to articulate what I'm saying. But it's because I'm so baffled by this. And that's why I preface this entire thing with, again, I have literally no idea who's going to win. I have no idea if it came down to it. For me, I think I would be biased and I would say Brandon Ingram. Because I think he's more of like a Swiss Army knife. Although, you know, actually, I'm saying this out loud. You know why I think Jason Tatum would probably win? It's just because he's better defensively. That's probably it. That's actually, that's that may be the answer right there. So if Brandon Ingram was able to be better defensively, then maybe it's a conversation. But right now, I don't think that it really would be. Alrighty, folks. If you made it this far, thank you very, very much for listening. I know that with the Tatum-Ingram thing, I didn't really prevent, pre- present too many statistics. It was all just kind of off-the-dome opinions. Sorry about that. If you made it this far, genuinely, from the bottom of my heart, thank you very, very much. If you were listening to this on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, be sure to rate and review. Only if you liked it. Only if you enjoyed it. Otherwise, if you did not enjoy it, DM me personally. And we I will see to it that we uh, get the episode up to your own standards. And that you enjoy it. 
If you're watching this on YouTube, I hate being that guy. Be sure to like and subscribe. Leave a comment. If you didn't like it, you are more than welcome to leave a comment. Don't dislike it, though. Don't be that guy. Alrighty, folks. Thank you very much if you made it this far from the bottom of my heart. Thank you. And I will catch you guys in the next one.